touring acts as well. Come on down, 10 p.m. Rock and roll. Only night of the week we have a $5 cover charge. Always five bucks for live rock and roll. We're open from 4 p.m. until 2 a.m. Monday through Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 2 to 2. Come on down, have some drinks with us. We've got Whiskey Wednesday, Tequila Tuesday, and we've always got the Steve McQueen special. Shot a bullet bourbon and a can of California lager for 8 bucks. Come down and enjoy our patio. It's open in the afternoon, not really in the evening, but a lot of good folks hanging out back there. Come on down, give us a shot. Drop by the bar, make some friends. Thanks, folks. Bender's Bar and Grill in the heart of the Mission District, San Francisco, California. With a happy hour every Monday through... Welcome to Racers Alley here. Uh, it's Thursday, and uh, we'll be back in a second and have our guests here. We have some very special guests tonight. All right, so hopefully enjoy the tunes and be right back.
Patty. Thank you for tuning in to Racers Alley today. Tonight we have some very special guests, and hello and welcome. We are here in San Francisco's Mission District at Meany Radio with host Wade Boyd and Miss Pamtastic. Today we will have some very special guests. Doug, the East Side Bad Boy, McAdam, along with our guest host, Mr. Dimitri, who was here last week as well. So, uh, Dima, I believe you de- met Doug in Mexico, am I correct? I did meet him in Mexico. It was a dark and stormy night, no, it was sunny as usual. So, uh, basically, uh, you guys uh, were motorcycling out there, you ran across each other and became instant pals, because uh, I just met you, Doug, and I feel like a best friend. <laughs> Welcome, Doug. How are you? I'm well, thanks. Are you are. Right on. It's yeah. a beautiful night here in San Francisco, and we hope to get some nice nice stories tonight about uh, what you exactly are. You're, you're a specialist. Am I wrong about, um, well, basically the Norton class? Norton so- solo. Yeah. Norton solo class. So um, how long have you been with the Norton class? Your whole life? Well, I've, uh, I've owned a Norton for 40 years. 40 years. So uh, uh, I've been, uh, they have been part of my life for 40 years. Does that mean when you started buying Nortons, they were kind of new to? Or how long has Nortons been around? When was there? <laughs> well, <laughs> like, like the Harleys have been around the early 1900s, or the Nortons uh, come well, around Norton, 40s, uh, 50s? Started uh, 1902. No kidding. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I, I was unaware of that. Made their fame with uh, the single, the uh, Manx. Yes, which yeah. is very uh, a very famous motorcycle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So as far as uh, getting along there, Nortons had a whole pedigree. You bought your first bike when? I'm sorry? You bought your first bike when? About 78, 79. 78 or 79 was it you bought your first bike. And uh, from there, you started racing? Or no. Or more of a tour? Um, I rode the thing. I took it back to the East Coast from Colorado. Um, and trouble-free uh, until I got back. And then, <laughs> then mm-hmm. the series of... Um, things happened and you know so i i said you know this thing is so sweet i gotta get another norton while i'm fixing this one well that process ended and i had eight nortons and they all needed fixing (laughs) (laughs) we all ended up doing that well i can always use this one and i'm selling this one for a good deal and next thing you know you have a whole garage full of bikes am i wrong mr dima yeah oh yeah yeah, so you have, you have a collection yourself as well. Like last last episode, we mentioned how many bikes actually Dimitri and Wade own, and I believe you know together they got to combine like fifty. You know, it's a, oh, it's a, it's a disease. Yeah, yeah. Well, also, I mean, each time you pick something up, um, there's always something that you say you can use off it. So you have a chassis, even though you might need that axle, which you won't actually take out for twenty years. Someday you'll actually have that axle. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've um, my parts inventory is immense uh, of used parts. Well, as that well being as new ones, you know, for the rebuilds that I do. Okay, that being said, I mean, when you say your parts inventory, um, to a lot of our listeners here, I mean, Doug, uh, you you now live in uh, Mexico. Yeah, southern Baja, Mexico. Southern uh, Baja, and just north of uh, Cabo Airport, by forty minutes or so. 
Okay, so, uh, and you met Dima out there, uh, Dimitri, Mr. Dimitri out there while you were riding one day? <laughs> yeah, he, he was out, um, where the hell were you? Uh, I, I was out in Todos Santos, and, and Todos Santos. somebody says, hey, you rode out here, you, you got to meet this guy. So I ride two and a half hours, and I get to this two and town, and Santiago, and up through the mountains, it's gorgeous up there, and then go down a dirt road to this little pueblo called aguas caliente and i'm like hey anybody know doug doug and nobody knows doug you gotta it gotta be dougie right so how did, how did you originally hear about him well i was staying with some friends out in um north of todos santos and then there was a friend that uh we were he was hosting a dinner uh, a friend of mine yeah did from colorado there, you know, yeah a so a bunch of expats hang out there's a biker bar yeah. or something there's a barbecue yeah, yeah, yeah. everyone kind of is it a community or an area where everyone knows each other because they're from expats yeah yeah um and it, it you all have a common denominator down there, you know. Which would it's be? a special person that, that chooses that to be their home or place of vacation or retire. Well, I've read about that for many years. I mean, um, retirement was a big deal. Uh, well, a, a, a nice option because you could basically go there and set up a, a mobile home next to the beach and Bob's your uncle from there. Yeah, and that's yeah. still how people do it That's sometimes. still the way it's rolling. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, but the trophy home thing has taken over, too. Yeah. Trophy home meaning that people are now developing land, and that therefore uh, yeah. there's a lot more, uh, uh, yeah, how do you say, it's development? It's popular. It's a, it's a beautiful place. Wow. Yeah. So that being said, um, is it getting gentrified? Uh, maybe Toto Santo. I mean, where Doug lives, it's there. I probably spoke English. I stayed there for 12 days, and I... I couldn't find anybody speak English to it. It was just a little pueblo in the awesome. in the, about six miles down a dirt 200 road. Two hundred people and one gringo. Yeah, that's me. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and, and you would be see, the gringo. I don't see many people following me. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, as far as um, I believe now, uh, Doug, you have your own. Um, I guess you say a restoration business. Over the years, you've been known to um, restore the old uh, 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 Nortons. Um, what exactly? Uh, explain. Well, I call them rebuilds. I have rebuilds. done a, two restorations, um, and um, rebuild. Uh, this is that's American. You know, it, you improve it when you have a chance. You have a thing, and you're looking at something, and you see it hasn't worked. Well, you improve it. You don't just put it back in, and that's what uh, the Eng- English. You improve uh, it. Yeah. They, so what you're saying they, is you'll. Over the years, a bunch of motorcyclists are like, oh man, these are spindly forks instead of 38s. They should have had 40, and you rebuild it with the proper dimensions. Well, it when I um, the early 90s <clears throat> became aware of uh, just a ton of different upgrades you could do to make the bike reliable, and and I had. To wonderful resources of people and knowledge to make that happen and uh, explain uh, please uh, wonderful resources people of knowledge meaning you had friends that were uh, again aficionados like yourself and did you had discussions well y- yes and more experience than myself 
you know, professionally, and okay. I wasn't professional at that time, um, but I had a lot of experience with all of my bikes, and I knew the problems pretty well. I didn't really know all that there was to fix the fix the problem. So some other folks, through conversations, they came up with solutions. Or you all talk together and go, you know, that instead of 48 should be 50 and blah, you know, Bob's your uncle from there. And yeah, so it's a matter of discussion, meeting a lot of people, just like motorcyclists do. They like to talk and from there. Yeah. In uh, Colorado, there's a, it's a hotbed for Nortons for some reason. And really? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, high up there? Uh, uh, interesting. Uh, well, yeah, they're high up there. <laughs> good, good, good weather? Uh, what, Whether that's they funny, want to uh, be or not, they are. Um, uh, <laughs> More ways than one. Yeah, um, no, but when it became apparent that the uh, fixes were there, there, and I was playing around with uh, vintage cars, too, at the same time, and there's wow. a saying that says, huh. do it once and do it right. Well, this made sense, because every time you fix one thing, there would be another thing popping up, uh, and and and... I like to ride them, and they are a glorious ride. I mean, it's just wonderful to me, and uh, and many other people too. So yeah, well, I mean, it's a it's a motorcycle that it's, it's yeah. in history as far as yeah. motorcyclism goes. So um, when it was apparent that uh, uh, my my girlfriend at the time was so busy with a little business that she started, I said, well, hey, you know, why don't I do something too? So um, I assembled these upgrades, and I took my own bike and proceeded to apply everything, uh, rebuild it uh, bottom up. I mean, starting at the crankshaft. So you completely tore down the motors. And, oh, uh, everything comes down. Every well, nut and bolt. So what exactly, uh, which motorcycle was your first one? What year? Uh, what model? Uh, 71. Uh, long range fastback that's has that the first series of Norton commandos were had this fiberglass tail on huh. it and they nicknamed it the fastback. The fastback. Um, and that's what's parked out front. Uh, oh yes, today one. actually uh, Doug's brought a couple of his bikes from down south and uh, we actually hope to have one of them. Uh, for all you be able to take a look at over at uh, Tokimoto uh, as of uh, hopefully next few days from now, and you'll be able to see exactly the beauty of the restorations that Mr. Doug does. It's, uh, it, it's You have to see it to believe it. And I believe uh, right now we have Mr. Wade Boyd just rolled on in. How you doing, Wade? Oh, pretty good, pretty good. Yeah. And uh, wait, we got Doug here. Uh, we got him, and he's from down south, and uh, obviously uh, we've met before, and building the Nortons. Uh, you have any uh, comments as far as that? There's a whole crowd outside looking at him. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Yeah, beautiful bikes. He's out there right now in front of me in the radio. We have two beautiful, rare motorcycles. And uh, just like any hot rod or any beautiful plane, these things are just a sight to behold. So, I totally, totally agree with that one. Mm -hmm. Dynamite. Dynamite for sure. And uh, you were mentioning earlier the original um, Manx. Now, that bike right now, correct me if I'm wrong, Wade, I mean, that's a, that's still racing the classics. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a really big deal. And, and when you go through that, as far as, um, how do you say, uh, 
tech or uh, they really want to know the pedigree of these older bikes. I mean, they're, they're very... Uh, they're very particular, and they want to make sure everything is completely restored. Like you were mentioning, Doug, you touched every single part of that bike. Yeah, totally, and uh, and to the fasteners as well. You know, you, you replace them, and uh, um, at least uh, the ones that aren't very special, and uh, or, and and the factory, the Norton factory never stopped making parts. When they closed the doors in 75, 75, the spare parts division continued. And to this day, you can buy 90% of that motorcycle brand new from the factory. So packaged and everything. That's fantastic. Well, it's it blows my mind because I mean nowadays uh, any Japanese motorcycle company after ten years can't do it. My my ninety nine R one. There are things that I'll never be able to get again, and uh, that's incredible. So who are these folks? That, I mean, this is the original factory making the Norns from the start, and they they might have shut down the motorcycle plant, but they always support the parts. Yes, the parts are available, and it it kept the um, you know certainly the interest in that marquee alive. Where Triumph had, uh, uh, I don't know what they were doing, frankly. Be, um, They've had their issues, just like Harley. <laughs> yeah, um, but um, it's it, that makes it so nice. And um, of course, I mean, you can still <clears throat> buy a crank from a. You know, the oldest of models, I mean, that's a huge deal. Except for one thing. <laughs> the factory would reproduce parts that I think they must have known were substandard, you know? They, this is, comes they, back to where we that's started. That's what kind of put their reputation, dependability, and everything down the tube. That's what closed the doors on the British motorcycle industry. Um, it, it took us Americans, really, to really spearhead the, the redevelopment, re-engineering of some, uh, some frankly, uh, shoddy engineering uh, at that time. And, uh, and now, what's it, with that done, as is evident outside, parked in front uh, uh, they're dependable as most mo most modern motorcycles and I say that um, well you <laughs> know it's you an old machine there's yeah. old metallurgy there's old old things going on uh, haven't got the the tighter tolerances that today can can produce with water cooling and everything um, but for the most part I wouldn't hesitate riding either of those bikes across the country and come back exactly i mean uh, you know i say this a lot at work there you I mean, go. These new tighter tolerances do not mean longevity i mean these, these new bikes nowadays they're made to be ran and then thrown away and buy a new one just like yeah. the modern cars nowadays people don't you know uh, keep things and i think a lot of the reason is there's a certain amount of a built-in obsolescence so to speak and when you're talking about your bikes um you started with a bunch of folks mentioning the, uh, how do you say, uh, uh, tolerances, and you all got together, and from then on, you have now your own business making everything right? Um, yes, I got the idea of, of um, building a bike. You had to have the bike done and, and 
and tested too. I had to uh, make sure what was going in was really going to do what I what I wanted it to do. And um, um, finally, we uh, I opened the doors of the company with another fellow that. Uh, it was an excellent mechanic. He never had any experience with uh, Nortons or motorcycles. He was restoring cars too. When, when you say you open the doors of a company, so you started your own business refurbishing Nortons. Uh, when was this and what was the name of the company? Uh, 1996. It <laughs> was the Colorado Norton Works, uh, which uh, to this day I sold it to that fellow that was working with me and um, uh, he's taken it to incredible levels uh, uh, making parts uh, something so he's got a machine shop and yard and highly regarded parts he's uh, what does that mean exactly highly regarded well his engineering is is um, excuse me um, well the engineering that was applied to it from sources uh, that uh, well, the fellow that is our main machinist for doing the head work uh, is also a master engineer and uh, machinist as well. Um, uh, it, it seems and he, he de designed hydraulic clutches, uh, uh, automatic cam chain tensioners. Uh, designed. Yeah, so he's like NASA, building stuff to go into space. I mean, Wade's current uh, sponsor, I believe, was uh, one of those boys who, you have to be a master engineer when it comes to do certain things. And it, always, uh, of course, they get a passion and hear about racing your bikes. And as a hobby, they end up, oh, let me help out. Let's, uh, well, let's look at this problem. We, 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 just, we just seen this guy put a fuel injection system on a Norton and his name is Jim Comstock and he's on YouTube. Um, so what does that mean exactly, Dimitri? Well, he literally puts a fuel injection system, takes out the original carburetors. Doug would probably know a little more about that, but it's just off the rails. I mean, it, it's so, I mean, something else. To do that, I imagine you have to put a CDI box. You'd have to, I mean, the, the, you'd have to make your own, fabricate everything. And think uh, it out. And not me. He can do that. <laughs> I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and and uh, he wanted to take that to the market, and it was just too complex, too, too, uh, uh, too, too difficult to. Well, I, I imagine purists would not want to have an EFI on their beautiful classic motorcycle, right? Yeah, but you know he's got two hundred thousand miles on his Norton. And <laughs> he just told me a story the other day. He rides with this buddy out there in the Central America, and he's got a Beamer. And uh, three rides he's been on. Um, they had to. The Beamer came back on a truck three times, and he has never been on a truck. So, <laughs> so the, he runs endured, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like uh, having a modern bike compared to a classic. Sure, everything can go wrong, you know, just like everything else. But yeah, I mean, uh, Wade's been at the classic Manx as well. I mean, as far as you mentioned earlier, uh, you're here from sound, down south, especially with trucking both your bikes up. Uh, you were hitting uh, festivals. Uh, yeah, the National Norton Rally was up in Eleanor, Washington, Rally. and uh, Washington. people from all 
Canada, and two people I know from Mexico, uh, mainland Mexico. I'm on the Baja Peninsula, Baja, um, and East Coast, uh, and three guys from England. You know, where did they actually come across a pond they and came enjoy over the festivities? For the rally. Wow! Yeah, sponsor right here. Yeah, I imagine. I mean, it's it's a big deal. I mean, like I mentioned earlier with the Mangs GP, the amount they have invested in these race bikes thousands and thousands of dollars i mean it has to do a 37.37 mile course and finish and as far as uh, the classic bikes they have a binder full i mean like you mentioned earlier you got to touch every bolt you got to touch every gear and make everything's polished i mean looking at your bikes out front i mean they're they're built with complete love i mean mm-hmm. boy they're they're well, they're rolling artwork they really know, are those guys that engineer this stuff, like my friend Jim Comstock. Jim Comstock, uh, yes. And he's regarded around the world for his work uh, making nice. horsepower, and a lot of his DNA is in those up front. Um, uh, he, he doesn't do it for money. These guys don't do it for money. There's something else driving them. It's usually a passion. And, I mean, if you're doing it, something, it's, it's love, love passion, passion, you know? Yes. And doing the best they know how and their imagination is, it's just magnificent to be part of that community. The passion. I mean, it's Ah, you can build a rocket ship, but you'd have a lot more, you know, you tend to have a lot more gratification getting five more horsepower out of a Norton. You know, it's like, yeah, you can do thrust and everything else. As far as um, currently, do you have anything else you're working on? I'm sorry? Do you have any restoration projects right now, or are you uh, in, in between bikes? No, I, I don't. I don't. Okay. I, I'm, so you're touring. I am touring. Awesome. I have uh, built two. I'm, now I, I have to get a paycheck somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully so. after this story, and then as well as, I mean, you're doing your tours going up north, and that bike just being present and well, we'll have it on display at Tokyo Moto I mean there's certain people that just appreciate the classics I mean uh, we got a boy I believe Wade that always comes in from South America is this yeah. a Mush, Mush, Mush Evans. Evans yeah yeah he's been doing our ride for like 40 years on pretty much the same bike looks the same does everything and yeah he used to live up here in mill valley and stuff yeah. now he lives in brazil and he commutes once every year or two doug he is fast <laughs> that bike still goes yeah it's uh, i was very amazed to see that right yeah so it really surprises all the young kids that <laughs> an old bike like that should not go that fast and it sure does it's, it's a beautiful bike as well it's i believe it's still kept over at monroe motors uh, that or uh, Dave Neal has it. Yes, one of our local Sunday morning ride boys. All right, well, let's take a little break here, and we'll be back shortly. And thank you for listening in on Radio uh, Racers Alley, and uh, we'll get back to you soon.
Alrighty, welcome back to Racers Alley. So we're just sitting here on our break discussing exactly. Uh, Doug, tell me, how can folks who have some bikes they want to restore get a hold of you? Well, I, I, um, the unfortunate part of the the little pueblo I landed in uh, in Baja uh, is uh, has limited. Um, Internet. Uh, I don't have internet in my home. I'm you mentioned that. I've been ten years. I've been struggling, as the world has gone off the charts in that. Air, uh, air, um, so we need to get the stuff. Airbnb uh, messenger pigeon then. <laughs> well, I'm not really set up for Airbnb. Um, uh, <laughs> I'd rather be off the screen. You know, with yeah, my, yeah. Right now, I, yeah, I've got a guest house and a little camper. Awesome. And uh, I can accommodate maybe about four uh, bikers on a tour, and there's thousands that go down the Baja in the winter. I've heard about that. You know, um, in the old city bike days, Publisher Halton would always talk about his trips down south and how much he loved them so much. And there's a community down there. Um, you were in here. Oh, well, last week, uh, Dima, Mr. Dimitri here was with us, with Wade, and we had a great conversation about the livelihood and living down there. I mean, Wade's done a great deal of racing down there. Uh, Dima's just starting to hang out there with you guys, and it's a whole different, well, a whole different country, ain't it? And a whole different lifestyle and a whole different attitude. It's just a very nice uh, way of place to be. Um, the ambient nature of the culture that surrounds you is so tranquil, uh, tranquila. Uh, uh, tranquila. Uh, yeah. Tranquila? Uh, okay, well, maybe there's a little tequila in it too, you know? <laughs> well, you know, there's, there's nothing like some cervezas and some tough fish tacos and tequila. Yeah. Especially if you're in paradise, why, you know, why stress? Well, <laughs> people live, and, uh, and me as well, live close to the earth. I mean, uh, um, there, uh, you have to work and maintain your place, and you know. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, Dima has been back a couple of times, and oh. he's gone. Uh, I guess how you could say rogue, uh, not rogue or uh, native, where he'd come in. It's like. Oh no! Down there, we'd never throw this away. We could totally use this again. It's like a scavenger. Everything is like usable, not scavenging. I would just say it's oh, like, yeah. why throw away this? It's you know, one man's garbage is another man's treasure. Well, you know, it is, well, yeah. When, when you see the donkeys and the cows and the horses and the sheep and everything just coming by his property and all the the fences made out of this. What's the kind of wood that you use for the fence there? Palo de Arco, Oh, it's beautiful. Uh, a willow stick. Yeah. Willow stick, and including and your house horizons. and everything. Hard and the, and the, the place is a really a moto oasis, and and it's and it's got a bar just for anyone who's wondering. But uh, well, that's important for Mister Alex over here. So they serve tequila down there in Mexico, or oh yeah, okay. So it's it, it's his his personal bar, but but we throw everything over the fence for the animals to eat, and it's gone by by night nightfall. Well, Goats and such, yeah, yeah. yeah. Instant, uh, re- you know, uh, composting. Yeah, it's wonderful. So, yeah. Doug, do you have a website or any way? Well, obviously, yeah. we can't communicate that way. We can't do the, uh, the uh, you know, uh, messenger pigeon. What's the easiest way for someone to hunt you down if they wanted well, a nice Norton fixed? If somebody has international calling, I have a special phone, and I, you know, there's no problem. Gotcha. Uh, texting or, or calling uh, and uh, that phone. Um, 
but most people or a lot of people don't have international calling so a text Okay, to Doug, tell can me you tell they us? want to communicate or write a letter? Do they have mail down there? Or do, I guess there's no mailman. No Who knows? Mail. No mail. Well, what about email? <laughs> email. I have email. Okay, so Bye. how about uh, giving us your email number? Well, it's right now Doug McAdam, and uh, it's M C C A D A M uh, at Gmail. At Gmail, and that's where all you listeners out there who have a Norton that really wants to turn it into something beautiful, uh, start with that. And then what's the other way? Well, text me uh, um, t- that you want to talk. Uh, it o- it's only a small charge to text me for their end. Uh, and what would that number be? Uh, it is... Uh, yeah, Mexican number, so you have to dial the prefixes. O one one five two. That's uh, gets you five two is the Mexican code, okay. uh, country code, and it's six two four one four one five seven two three. Awesome! So all you folks listening out there, you can now get your Norton totally customized. Just gotta contact the man, and and I will be helping uh, Doug to get his website back online. Nice. Uh, so, Dima, uh, yeah, you're spending uh, a lot of time down there. So, yeah, it's always nice to. I imagine certain remote areas, it's hard to get connected. So now you're going to be out there and help yeah. and do that. Yep. Yeah. yeah we, I'm we've on tried Facebook everything. as well. I have okay. A, a, a What's your Facebook, Facebook page account? called Doug's Nortons? Awesome. I'll, and, I'll be looking uh, at that tonight. And I can be con. Uh, it's through Messenger, I, I believe, right? Is that how it works, right? Well, yeah, that's a, yeah, yeah, they're, yeah, they're their know, idea, I, email or something. something. Um, but um, I go to town a couple of times a week. Wow. Um, so that's that's a good way. Now, when Wade says, <laughs> wow, I, when you go into I town, is that like a 60-mile trip over mountains on a 50cc bike? Or what do you got? <laughs> yeah, and it's just neat. I, you know, it's it's like life back in the it's simple life. Uh like back in the 50s and 60s, uh, I That's guess. That's what Dima was saying last week. I mean, you, it's a whole different ball game from here. You just shed. Yeah. There's no such thing as traffic or yeah, a certain just, amount of stress. Oh, no, no. I, I've I been to imagine. town with him, and we were in this big hearse, and we were rallying down these dirt roads to go to town. What are we going to town for? And I'm holding the beer, and I'm trying not to spill it. And, and oh, we're going to town because the local ranch rancho has you know fresh meat, and he's going to make us some tacos. Now, did you really say a big hearse? Yeah. You know, explain. <laughs> Why do you guys uh, roll in a hearse? <laughs> we're, we're, we're down there, you know, we're bearing bodies in Mexico, of course. Sweet. All right. Let me send a few down for you. I'll be back. Well, we'll, we'll talk that's about this later. <laughs> so, Wade, uh, I do want to ask you, I mean, um, I hear Lodi is coming up. Yeah, I'm going to try to run Lodi Saturday night. Saturday night. So you're going to be racing again. And uh, what exactly are you going to be racing and what type of race? Hoosierberg. I'm running Hoosierberg. the senior class and the master's class. Give those guys a hard time. Awesome. They go by age uh, only. Only age. So uh, exactly. Uh, Lodi's out there in the valley. Might be a little uh, hot. What, what, hot. What, what, what's the length of the track? Is it uh, very small? Or yeah, this mile? one's really short. Uh, Eight tenths quarter, of, ten? tenths of a mile or something. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's quite a quarter, but it, uh, yeah, it might be. Have you been there before? Uh, once a couple of years ago, couple of years. or okay. actually, and a few years before that, but a year or two ago, 
Um, I ran there. I was I was the guy on the jinxed bikes. I borrowed everybody's bike. Um, looking for a, something to ride, go play with everybody. I know a few of them. I met most of them. Um, still looking for a bike to ride. I'm really just going to play with them. And what's an optimal motorcycle uh, race bike out there? You think? Uh, there's a bunch of XTs and um, like a 250. A lot of they they got a 450s. All the pros and stuff are running 450s nowadays, but um, the Rotax is pretty hot. Um, okay, as usual, the Rotax, but uh, the 450s would be the CRFs or, you know, the YZFs. Yeah, YZF those things all modified. Yeah. And they, they, drop they down a little bit. Drop down. So they, they turn them into to, 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 to flat track bikes. Yeah. Which takes a, yeah. a, a bit of money as well. And I believe all those bikes are actually, they're ran by the uh, hours. So you got 10 hours, you got to do your valve, you got to that type of thing. Yeah, so they're, they're exactly. Very, they're very finicky and... Um, you got to be on top of things. I see that at the shop all the time. And always have oil in your bike, folks. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> you check it once in a while. It does. Something happens to it. So, uh, Kevin sponsoring you the, uh, the the Hooserberg? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. All right. So, uh, you'll be out there Saturday night. Yep. Saturday night. And um, just see how it goes. Say hi to uh, Bud Riddle and all the buddies. And um, they haven't really seen me on a single. Nobody's seen a Hooserberg hardly. And you're making a bunch of more friends out there, so it'll be great to start being part of the regular yeah. crowd. Yeah, and then uh, I think it's two weeks later, whatever, the 11th, they're having another half mile, so I'm going to go back to that. Half mile? Where's that at? Um, right down the street, um, um, Stockton Fairgrounds. Stockton, oh, right, down the street from Lodi. So, well, yeah. over here. So, yeah. wow. So, on a half mile, are you going to still be running the Hooserberg? You get the DTR1 on, or do you have something um, else in mind? I rode the DTR1 twice last time. So I got to ride it at least once, and then if Kevin says run the Hoosberg, or I may actually pull out the SV. Nice. That's what I was originally trying to ride, but it has little issues. Yeah, it's a. But, it's again another one of the hybrids. I mean, the 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 DTR one is probably one of the most awesome bikes out there, and ferocious. And um, talking about that, I mean, it's very very hard to top something like that, and. Well, if you know Wade, he just went about and did it. So what do you got rolling? Yeah, yeah I needed a big bike. The half mile is actually a little small for it. But uh, you got that new frame, and you got a 500 two-stroke motor coming out uh, to top the DT5, DT, the R1, that, I mean. <laughs> that, that project's it's still in the works, and... Um, no, the motor isn't for sure yet. Yeah, I'm looking for a motor for it. So you're looking for a nice two-stroke motor to put in in a Rickman frame? What's Champion frame. frame. Champion frame. Back in the day, that was a very sought-after frame, and you just were, uh, I believe, sponsored a chassis. Yeah, I got a rolling chassis that used to have a 360 Yamaha in it. Um, they cut out the motor mounts, dreaming of something else. So it's really light. It wants to stay with a two-stroke. Um instead of putting a four-stroke in it and add another 20, 30 pounds to it. So, <laughs> nice 500 two-stroke in there would actually be given the... Uh, that's what it should have. If you had a clone, you'd actually have to race each other. The DTR1 and the and the 500 two-stroke. You guys yeah, would be so, like racing each yeah, other. Yeah, <laughs> I was looking at a uh, KX500. KX, um, but okay. Any any of the the big board Japanese bikes. Uh, supposedly, they even made a, uh, was it a YZ500. Um, but that's back in 96, 
But the, the KX500 has so much low end. You still got to deal with the water cooling. But it's really about what actually comes my way. I okay. can't just so here cheat you got, and go folks, buy one. Uh, we're looking for a motor to put in an exceptionally famous frame. And uh, we're looking for something light and hopefully two-stroke and get out there and make some history. So Wade.Race is going on this weekend over in Lodi. Yeah, Lodi Short Track this Saturday night, and on the 11th, it'll be a half mile to Fairgrounds. Okay, so uh, one back-to-back. That's awesome. And uh, from there, well, we'll talk about that next week. All right, so, Doug, uh, you know, we're going to be closing up here soon, and I really uh, thank you very much for coming in on the show. As far as uh, we were mentioned earlier, do you have any upcoming events to go to? Do I have? I'm sorry. Any any more rallies to go to? Or are you headed uh, back down south? <clears throat> well, if one pops up uh, the, between here and Colorado, um, here I in Colorado, back to Colorado. Um, wow. And I, I do have to, uh, some family stuff to handle and uh, on the East Coast. Um, so, um, but. I'm looking forward to riding with my buddies in, in Colorado. We that's great. We traditionally go up to Tuella at um, outside of Salt Lake, uh, the old Miller Motorsport Park. And uh, I've the, never been there. Wait, have you been? To are Miller? you going there for the vintage uh, races? Labor Day. Uh, Labor Day weekend. Yeah, beginning of September. Yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. Well, come on down. Look me up, because I'm going to be there, too, racing my awesome. sidecar. Right. <laughs> and suppose there we go. Yeah. Oh, this is going to be great. It's yeah. a, it's a and, great and, track. Huh? So what's, yeah. what's the event exactly, guys? What are you guys doing? Well, uh, um, I get... I call it the Rat Pack. <laughs> These guys. I mean, they, they hop on their old Nortons. and, and it's Time a, on their hands. Yeah, and it's a 500-mile day. And uh, we camp out, beautiful facility out there, and uh, and just have a we have a blast. We, we, we love it. Yeah, that's the way it should be. Motorcycle and everyone getting together, just having nothing well, but a good time. Well, that to me is adventure. You know, everyone talks this adventure thing. Boy, you get out there with four guys on, on vintage motorcycles that many people don't think should be there you know or and, make and it. do it in style yeah. and and yeah there's been some breakdowns or a little problem here and there but you know we've well, always rode them home that's part of motorcycling nice. i mean yeah. there you go you can buy a brand new ktm right now and i know these boys have been out there and guess what it breaks down more than the honda xrs and stuff yeah, KTM. I mean, things Wheel bearings. down. <laughs> Wheel bearings. Yeah, we've all heard stories. So, Wade, uh, when are you going to be there? Uh, at Miller that that weekend, I'm, I'll be racing the uh, sidecar and probably the Guzzi. Sidecar and the Guzzi, and I believe uh, Ed Millich helped with the Guzzi? Ed Millich built the motor. Built the motor, and he's a uh, very famous Italian twin Guzzi guy, just like yourself, Doug, which you yeah. like the, the Norton's. He's the Gucci guy in the States to go to, mm-hmm. apparently. And yeah. it's like, he's always, r- 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 yeah, his name is Melo Gucci. It's Millage. And uh, so, uh, Wade, I've seen your bike before. You've built custom uh, bodywork around it. Uh, I believe, did you run that at Daytona? 
Yeah, it was born at Daytona. Got clocked at 148 miles an hour. A Moto Guzzi. A Moto Guzzi. Wow. I would have lost my $2 bet. Yeah, it wow. Couldn't, couldn't happen. Doug just couldn't said, wow. It. So you yeah. must have had like a couple of thrusters on the back taped on. Yeah, or, how, how does a Moto Guzzi do? It's, 148 it's, miles it's purple, an hour. It's purple. It's slick. Holy moly. Uh, <laughs> we're going to say half of it's the, the motor and everything. Everything goes really good. Rich totally hand-built the, the bike and everything. It's built for the Isle of Man. And to be awesome. like, it's got to be like almost at Bonneville you're 16 out of 20 minutes of flat out it's so, got to survive being wrung its little neck so millimeter sports is yeah so yeah. It's, a, it's a wide open track you got a lot of straights yeah so we went with the full fairing it's totally aerodynamic i'm inside it the dyno said 150 151 i believe we got it that's incredible horsepower. I how mean, many burritos? Incredible out of it. How many what? How many, DB? How many burritos did you eat? <laughs> a lot of burritos. <laughs> you know, getting a little bit heavy. That is an incredible feat. And uh, Millich, uh, I would really love to have you on our show because uh, I read about you all the time. And just like Doug here, I mean, there's very few people now who actually specialize in these machines. And like we mentioned earlier, Doug, they last a little bit better than the modern machinery. You can still do this. They got tolerance, they clank. All these new machines now, you see all these recalls with all these electronic things and gearboxes going on and everything. If I spent $15,000 in a motorcycle, I'd sure hate to put it back in the shop a month later because of a recall for some BS. I mean, who can trust a brand new mechanic to take your motor tranny out on a brand new R1 and put it back together? Right. You got to really trust someone to tear your, park bike, uh, tear your bike apart put it back together and that's kind of been a matter of contention with me in motor, motor motorcycles nowadays it's like the new ones seem to have some issues and do you trust the newbie mechanic to work right. on it i mean it's like it's got to do 180 miles an hour and they just tore it apart put it back together you just got an mmi so you better you know yeah. anyways that being said <clears throat> i do like the older things i like the older trucks and cars and everything else like that and i want to say boys thank you very very much mr doug mr wade mr dima dima will be our guest host from now on here oh, and there sweet. yeah that's for thank sure you. and i want to thank my sponsors today mutiny radio subculture racing motor tire guy tokyo moto course if you ever need a nice libation go to benders and molotovs we got johnny and we got steph over molotovs if you ever need anything moved call my pal at iron man moving and of course if you need something done well right and at a certain time within a certain hour please call my friend dima at motohubsf.com oh that's sweet that's sweet all right well you're the man dude hey can i can i can i make one one, one yes quick you thing? can dima, so, so doug does have an american number and that's how i reach him so i thought he might want to tell our listeners out there on how they can get a hold of him and why he's in the For states sure. hey dougie what's your what's your english number oh, your american american number. number yeah while you're here okay 970-234-3690 I all right be, that will be my u.s cell number uh, until i go back to the baja i'll probably have to get a new number next year but if you want to talk to me, I'll let you know. But you'll be here in the next week, and you're actually going uh, going racing. I really, boy, between you and Wade, what you're going to go out? I'm going to have to figure out how to get a ride over there. 
All right, fellas. Thank you very much for coming on the show. It's yeah, a wonderful you. day. Thank you. Thank you, Demas. Thank you, Doug. Thank you, Mr. Yeah. Wade. And of course, thank you, Mutiny Radio and Miss Pamtastic for Woo-hoo. making everything great. Woo! All right. Thanks, guys. Be safe. captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it or I ain't scurvy shitface McRat. <laughs> Hey everybody, listen to the Weekly Review with Roman every Friday from noon to 2pm. This is an unapologetically anti-capitalist program. We interview community organizers, activists, and artists. We talk about ways you can take action right now. So listen in to the Weekly Review every Friday from noon to 2pm. brings
gives you visual and auditory mind control. For the best graphic design, physical merchandise, and live music promotion, go to www.subliminalsf.com and check out their hilarious t-shirts and super cool bands at clubs and bars all over the Bay Area. Subliminal SF creates amazing flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. Good evening there, my friends, here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard, as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's Underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. (laughs) Well, hello, boys and girls. You know what a password is. That's a secret word that soldiers would use to get past the sentry and up to the front. Well, here's a password that gets you up to the front in all the right places. It's cannabis energy. It seems the faster you go, the more cannabis energy you need. So if you want to win, you have to have lots of cannabis energy. And the swellest way I know to get it is just by using Green Army Skincare. Boy, they're just crammed full of cannabis energy. There are more cannabis energy units in one lip balm tube than you use circling the base ten times or when you ride your bike four miles across the city. And it's fast acting. Why, no sooner that you apply some balm to your mouth or pain areas, you practically feel the new strength in your muscles. And what's more, Green Army Skincare is a good, wholesome product. They're made with body-nourishing cannabis and other natural ingredients. So go out there today and pick up some Green Army Skincare products from your local cannabis procurement center. Join thegreenarmy.com. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to invite you down to Bender's Bar and Grill in the heart of the Mission District in San Francisco at 806 South Van Ness. Uh, We've got great food by our kitchen counter offer, burgers, tater tots, tachos, corn dogs, all sorts of good stuff like that. They're open from opening until 11 p.m. most days of the week, except Saturday. 
uh, every Saturday night. We've got live rock and roll, some of the best local bands in San Francisco and touring acts as well. Come on down, 10 p.m. Rock and roll, only night of the week. We have a $5 cover charge. Always 5 bucks for live rock and roll. We're open from 4 p.m. until 2 a.m. Monday through Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 2 to 2. Come on down, have some drinks with us. We've got Whiskey Wednesday, Tequila Tuesday, and we've always got the Steve McQueen special. Shot a bullet bourbon and a can of California lager for 8 bucks. Come down and enjoy our patio. It's open in the afternoon, not really in the evening, but a lot of good folks hanging out back there. Come on down, give us a shout. Drop by the bar, make some friends. Thanks, folks. Bender's Bar and Grill in the heart of the Mission District, San Francisco, California. With a happy hour every Monday through Friday until 7 p.m. Don't miss it. Go to Bender's Bar. Big supporter of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2018. Oh, yeah. It goes down. Come smoke with your boy. Grinder. Spark is San Francisco's premier cannabis dispensary with a focus on serving and educating patients for seven years. Spark is dedicated to creating the best in-store experience with its extensive menu, friendly staff, and one of the few cannabis vape lounges in San Francisco. Spark welcomes you to visit its two great locations as a medical patient or for recreational adult use in 2018. Spark is located at 1256 Mission Street between 8th and 9th and at 473 Haight Street at Fillmore. Both locations are open until 10 p.m. every night. Spark staff looks forward to serving you. Coming at these bitches and all these snitches, hitting switches.